evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us with the hashtag Managing Change series presented by Speaking. And I hope you are doing safe and sound. And today we bring you one of the finest experts of the industries. And so, first of all, let me introduce to you Ms. Iti Rawat. Ms. Iti Rawat is the director and the co-founder of Thinkall Training and Consultancy, an award-winning startup which is also named top five in the country in terms of the diversity and also the founder of Women Entrepreneurs for Transformation. It's a pleasure to have you over our platform and to moderate the session with the best of the experts and looking forward to the session. Thank you so much, uh, Sajil. Thanks for a great intro as well. Uh, I would not take a lot of time uh, to dwell on what exactly and we'll jump directly to the topic of the retail, reboot and restart. We have recently seen some times and we know that we have to evolve and retail industry was one of the most impacted and most Today we are going to present to you some of the most eminent names from the retail industry who are going to talk about what they have seen so far and what they do in their typical brands. So let me not take much time of yours and start with you. First panelist for us today is Mr. Sumit Dhingal. He's a very dynamic managing director of Crocs, Indian, India, Lanka, as well as Nepal, all three regions of Crocs. Hello, Mr. Sumit, how are you? I'm good, Iti. Thank you for having me here. Great. So I'll go ahead and uh, finish the introduction. He was in Urban Fashion Limited as, as Senior VP and CEO of Arrow, Izod and Aeropostale and COO of Gantt, Nautica and Aeropostale. Before this, he has also been a business head at Benetton, worked in Madra Garment and Aditya Villa groups. Uh, apart from that, he's awarded PC 40 under 40, uh, India's hottest business leader in 2000. And I have known um, as one of the natural leaders, a go-getter, one of the best and fantastic business sense that a person can have. So, Sumit, would you like to say a few words to your audience before we start on and move on to our panelists? Uh, thanks, Siddhi, for uh, such kind words. I'm excited to be here and uh, looking forward to great discussion uh, with you and uh, Drog, uh, who you would introduce now. And of course, looking forward to questions which uh, our viewers would have for us. Uh, very happy to be here and excited to answer some of the questions and hopefully uh, shed some light on what's going on in the world of retail. Wonderful. Uh, so let me uh, quickly introduce Mr. Dhruv Bogra. He is the country manager for Forever New Clothing. Hi, hi Dhruv, how are you? Hi, hey, fantastic. All good. It's been a rollicking day. <laughs> so, don't let the smile uh, <laughs> fool you. <laughs> I imagine. And we will be talking about today's story also very uh, soon with Mr. Dhruv and Mr. Sumit. Uh, let me introduce you quickly. Mr. Dhruv, country manager of Forever New Clothing, the brand that we all love. Before this, he was heading global experience at uh, Royal Enfield and has also worked as senior retail director in Adidas India. As vice president operations at Bestseller, CEO at Wellspun Group, business head at retail at VF Irvin Brands, 
head retailer Titan and many other companies like Orbitals, Weekender, Levi's, 3M, L'Oreal, Tati Limited, and amazingly diverse experience and that uh, that actually shows your personality also through Dhruv is a cross-country cyclist and has authored two books now, uh, Grid, Gravel and Gear, and the latest one, Away, which you actually wrote uh, during the lockdown in just 40 days. Uh, yeah, actually, like, like, more like 30 days. about <laughs> <laughs> that, and I think our viewers and audience would love to hear more about the book. Yeah, later perhaps. So you want to talk about it now? Yeah, okay. So basically, Away is, uh, is a collection of short stories about uh, real adventures in the Himalaya and in Alaska before uh, some stories before my Pan American trip and one or two adventures that I undertook on a bicycle after that. And the whole essence of the story, the inspiration behind telling those stories was how we were all locked up you know, for so long and we still continue to be. And at least for me, how I long to be back in nature and in a natural environment. And that feeling of wanting to be free and experience, you know, the sounds of birds that we finally heard in Delhi, for example, after many years, you know, once the traffic had died down. And that kind of inspired me. I said, okay, I'm sure many people out there would love to hear that story of what it means to be up in the mountains, in the Himalayas, uh, cycling alone or backpacking or really being in close touch with nature. It's very liberating. And this also gives you a lot of, uh, I would say, mental strength, spiritual strength, being on a bicycle, climbing mountains. So I thought it could become a good metaphor for people who are, who are struggling in these times and are trying to make sense of it. How uh, nature always provides hope and inspiration. That's amazing. That already sounds too wonderful and I'm definitely going to grab my copy. I think it's available on Amazon already, right? Yes, on Amazon as an e-book and uh, all the proceeds go to Train, uh, which has created a trust for uh, retail employees who are currently unemployed or affected by the COVID crisis. So this is my small contribution to, to the whole effort to raise funds for them. That's amazing. That's amazing to hear. And we all know that we all have been badly affected. The whole retail industry was badly affected during that lockdown. So that's why we wanted to hear and some of our audience here are from the retail industry. They would like to understand that how exactly was your retail reboot and restart that started. So let's start with you first. That, uh, what, what did your company did uh, during this time? Uh, Shariti, so uh, as I said, we entered the year, and I'm talking January calendar year, uh, with a lot of optimism, a lot of hope, and a uh, lot of growth plans. So we had a record-breaking 2019. Uh, 2020 was furthering that strategy on how do we build uh, on our wonderful brand, how do we reach out to more consumers, impact more lives. And all this was going great till Feb-end. And uh, by Jan, Infections had started uh, rising in China and we are reading about it. Uh, but the thought that it might impact India or the world as we know now uh, was still, uh, we were not pitching that in for the rest of the year. Though we were being careful, uh, we never thought that uh, the impact would be so huge. And suddenly by the end of March, when the lockdown was announced in the last week of March, uh, 
suddenly we were in a state which which where we had to rechart our priorities for the rest of the years the focus kind of shifted from growth to safety of our uh, employees first uh, how do we ensure that our employees are safe our partners are safe our partners on the stores are safe and uh, the second priority was how do we navigate this year which is going to be uh, unprecedented year because not many of us have seen disruptions of the scale uh, a lot of business leaders plan for slowdown i don't know any who plans for a shutdown uh, till now uh, where you get zero revenue coming in uh, so priorities shifted to 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 very different from what we started the year with it was no longer about growth it was about how do we survive this pandemic uh, this crisis and how do we emerge out of it stronger uh, so as an organization uh i saw initially a lot of fear a lot of confusion a uh, lot of anxiety uh, amongst not only our employees but also partners within our family about how do we handle this and uh, talking about the organization we did a few things which kind of brought clarity on how do we want to move forward so we were very decisive from the beginning which i think really helped us uh, though we are still not out of it uh, but journey so far has been better than we thought uh, primarily because we were decisive on how we want to navigate it uh, so we, we divided actions into two big buckets defensive and offensive uh, defensive actions were more short term in nature on how do we really change things immediately which will help us in the short run uh at the same things like how do you manage your inventory how do you manage your cash how do we ensure that your selects goes down do you have enough safety measures in place etc and then uh as they say never waste a good crisis crisis is also a, a, a opportunity uh if you if you navigate it well so we also built a lot of offensive actions which i believe would not only help us go through this crisis but also proved to be engines of growth uh, in in years to come and uh, in these times which are uncertain and full of anxiety i think it's important that you step up communication on where things are be transparent in in what you want to do and also in our case like we realigned our goals as i said from growth to set of defensive and offensive also communicate those goals again and again there is nothing called as over communication when you're not seeing your colleagues for 8 weeks now uh, or 10 weeks now uh, so we we focused on communicating as much as possible town halls which i used to do once a month i started doing it weekly uh, so we instead of a one and a half hour town hall once a month we started doing a 30 minute town hall every week just to give a update on how are we progressing on the realigned goals that we have built uh, and because things were changing every week uh, we were updating people that this is where things stand now and and i think uh, so far uh, i'm very pleased with the way uh, we we have come forward I'm sure about it that under your leadership things are going to be much better and uh, they will be looking forward to it as well so dhruv today was an exciting day and uh, today malls opened up in india and uh, would be very exciting to know that how the customers are now perceiving the new normal how are they coming back 
Well, uh, we opened a few of the high street stores about four weeks back. Uh, our flagship store in Indranagar opened on the 8th of May. So we had a fantastic response there. Uh, you know, we, we have actually sort of, it is a flagship store of 3,000 square feet, an experienced store right from the beginning. And we've just been open for a couple of months in that new location. Uh, of course, we've been in Indranagar for a good eight, nine years. Uh, but this was a new location for us. So when we opened, a lot of our uh, loyalists, a lot of our diet consumers from across Bangalore started coming to the store. And they were thrilled with the kind of safety norms and processes they put in place, whether it was graphics in the windows, whether it was, you know, the sanitization that happened at the entrance of the store in the trial rooms. And it was very highly appreciated. And uh, I think that led to a greater word of mouth across a lot of consumers saying, the experience is fantastic. Everything's been taken care of. And we have been really trotting at a very good business uh, ever since then on the on the street. I think we are among the leading brands as far as sales go, as far as experience goes. And it's been very exciting. And today, after four weeks, many malls have opened. We have opened in about, we opened 18 of our stores, which is a very good sign, whether it's Calcutta, whether it's Bangalore, uh, you know, Cochin will open tomorrow. So these are good signs. Consumers are happy to be back, but there's also... Uh, today is the first day, so I don't expect too many people to walk in. Many brands are still shut in the malls. I would say the occupancy in the malls currently from a brand uh, opening perspective is only 60 to 70%. Uh, so the shops are still shut. Only 25-30% are open. So too early to gauge. But I think it's a step in the right direction. As Sumit mentioned earlier, very rightly so, could there be a spike in infections that could further deter consumers who are keen to come back to the malls? We don't know. But we can only hope for the best. So far, our experience in two of our stores, Jubilee Hills in Hyderabad and Indranagar, on the flagship store in, uh, in, in Bangalore, has been fantastic. Consumers are loving coming back. They're happy with our processes. And I think it's only a matter of time before we can win them back totally. A lot depends on how the industry comes together now this time to open up together. You know, we're all trying to sort of talk to the malls and trying to sort of get the best possible commercial arrangement before we start, which is very important to do. At the same time, we should not forget that, you know, both malls and brands are oxygen to each other. Yeah. And, you know, we, we cannot coexist without the other. So we have to somehow take that plunge at some point and send a very strong signal to the consumer that we're here to serve you and we've created a very safe, incubated environment for you, uh, for you and your family. So. I'm looking forward to the next few days. I think they're going to be pivotal, epochal in many ways. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, uh, but we've had the guts to open up and we're hoping that, and life has to move on. You know, this is going to go on for the next couple of years. So life can't come to a standstill. So we have to get, be a little bit brave about it and step out and lead a normal life as much as we can. That's a great positive viewpoint from you, Dhruv, and I'm sure that forever new customers are looking forward to it as well. So, uh, speaking of what uh, Dhruv was talking about, Sumit, uh, do you think that this renegotiating of rentals and we're talking about the brands, etc., are we looking forward to a completely changed retail landscape ahead, or is it going to be the same? What do you suggest that uh, is the retail still going to go for yeah, so uh, I think it is now uh, no longer a question that world is a different place. 
so we all understand that it's not the same what it was pre-pandemic and it has changed in multiple ways and it would I, I would expect that retail will also change and everybody is gearing for it and enough ink has been spilled on how things would change digital will accelerate travel would reduce in the short run the whole shopping experience would have to be reimagined with safety being at the forefront of uh, of ensuring consumers that it's a safe environment for them for them and their family to come and shop at the same time how do you keep the whole environment exciting and invigorating is a challenge which everybody is trying to solve uh, however we also should understand that in within the retail industry not everybody is facing the same situation it's the same storm we are in the same storm but we are we are not necessarily in the same boat uh, people are battling different challenges for example within retail uh, essentials have seen one of their best months whereas uh, you look at electronics acs and tvs have seen and laptops have seen a sudden spurt uh, robot vacuum cleaners are something which people are now waking up to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so uh, fashion has not been at the receiving end and going has been rather tough. And I expect uh, fashion to be, to change more dramatically than some of the uh, other industries. But I don't think there is a silver bullet which will solve all the problems because as I said, we are in the same storm, but not necessarily in the same boat. Uh, each one of us will have to find out what works for us. How do you reach out to your consumers in a meaningful way? Uh, so far, all of us, all of us as marketeers have been very focused on consumers. That might have to change because at least, in, at least half the world's population has never seen one problem which is plaguing the whole world and all of the world is fighting one singular issue right now. Uh, and I feel that uh, a lot of focus would shift from me as a consumer to us as a community. So brands which talk about humanity and community and, and, uh, and show a broad purpose, I think will resonate with consumers much more than uh, brands who just talk about themselves or consumers or trends. So how we even reach out to our consumers would, would change. Uh, this is from marketing point of view, how services are being delivered at stores is already undergoing a seismic shift. Uh, some of these things would go with time as pandemic recedes, but some of things I think would stay uh, for longer. Uh, and, uh, and those are the changes that uh, we'll have to embrace. Uh, not everything is negative of this crisis is how I would put it. I'm an optimist and, and I see a lot of ways in which uh, things are getting better. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in uh, uh, humanity in order to overcome challenges. And we have always talked about uh, change as a deterrent, which a lot of organizations face. The past six weeks have taught me that once you want to change, when changes upon you, the agility to which my team and a lot of uh, uh, people around have shown is exemplary. And your ability to change really sets you apart. And, and I'm, 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 I'm very proud of what I've seen over the last eight weeks. And this goes across organization, not just my organization. Uh, and now, now look at a scenario and this 
uh, I believe that this pandemic will make everyone more productive. Uh, imagine this scenario, and I'll, I'll take one example. For a 12 p.m. meeting, we used to wake up at 5.30 to catch the 7.30 flight, be there, finish our meeting, and come back. Now that meeting starts at 12, finishes at 1. I have more time for my family. I have more time for doing more tasks. So as I said, travel will resume, but there will be a lot of things which would, which would stay for better, which will make all of us more productive, uh, both in terms of work and in terms of work-life balance. And more, pro more productivity leads to increase in income, which I think is a win-win uh, for everyone. So not everything is, is, is bad about this pandemic. I'm really impressed by uh, our ability to change and relearn. And, and I think uh, it, it's going to be an exciting world once we, once we battle this pandemic together. Very, very well said. I think the well is going through a tsunami change right now, as you said. Uh, so, Dhruv, uh, uh, what I would like to understand, because you talk a lot about mindsets. Um, so, uh, what is exactly the employee's mindset right now uh, after this post-COVID or before, uh, during the lockdown itself? What, what is exactly going on in their minds for your employees? I think there is no general mindset. It depends on the mental makeup, the character of the individual. But if you wanted me to generalize, uh, it would be a mixture of in insecurity, anxiety, and challenge, as well as uh, the willingness and the motivation to be engaged all the time. Okay, so I have seen incredible uh, spirit arising out of this pandemic in people the spirit to be happy in what the circumstances that they're in, uh, the willing and, and the happiness they, they, they are able to exude uh, in such a severe time of suffering. Many of them had to go through pay cuts during a very difficult time in their lives. And at the same time, I've seen a lot of people crumble under the pressure. So you'll be amazed to know that the high performing individuals were the first ones to crumble under pressure. But it was your average performer who showed the greatest resilience and the greatest ability to rise and be able to address an issue uh, with speed and agility and with a certain sense of firmness and strength. So there are two, three aspects going on over here. There are There is one block of employees who are feeling very insecure and very anxious. And there are one block of employees who are optimistic, hopeful, and very productive. The job of a CEO is to ensure that you bring all of them together and continue to communicate, continue to give messages of great resilience, mental strength, and also create forums and groups to be able to reach out to them and for them to reach out to you. So what we did in the organization is uh, right in the beginning, we did two, three things very fast. We created almost 20 WhatsApp groups. We put a department head in charge of every group and each group had a mixed bag of employees, including fashion consultants, visual merchandisers, uh, even housekeeping boys. So that was one group. So that the department has in charge of taking care of the needs, the emotional needs, um, any other problem that they may have of all these employees. At the same time, we created a very, uh, very nice Facebook group. Okay, so that all 300, 400 employees could get together and actually communicate with each other, uh, have fun, have a sense of belonging, a sense of community. That's the second thing that we did to so uplift the mood. And the third thing we did is we ran a lot of contests on WhatsApp. So all our stores, all our different 
divisions are all connected on WhatsApp. So we use WhatsApp as a very strong tool to run contests, cooking contests, flower arrangement, or uh, how do you like your coffee? And we even got uh, you know married men who never cooked before to take part in the cooking contest. <laughs> so there was a there was a cooking contest for just married men who didn't know how to cook. You know, and we had wonders. So like Subhan mentioned. I never knew people could be so productive. It was amazing. People were making dal puri and all sorts of exotic dishes, you know. And I'm assuming that they didn't cheat. They they sort of looked up the recipe book and cooked. But it was great fun, and we were able to pull through the worst days of the pandemic, you know, uh, just together as a community, as a group of people, as friends who are bonding together to go ahead. And I'm hoping that all that helped and to ease the anxiety. The second thing that we did to ease anxiety was ensure that we paid all our staff their uh, March salary on March 26th. Okay, so paying it in April. So just when the pandemic was announced, three days or two days later after the lockdown was announced, all the salaries were paid in advance in full. April salaries were paid in full for the front end once again. Uh, we took severe cuts in the head office, and uh, you know many thanks to my team back there who took those cuts from 25 to 50 percent. So that their cuts could fund the salaries of the FCs in the front end, I think that was a really great gesture from their part, and that kind of kept the company together, and eased the anxiety, eased the insecurity. Uh, May is probably the first month where we've had a cut for the FCs, which is about 25%, but that was necessitated because we had no cash. Uh, the only business we were doing was online, and of course, a couple of stores were open. But uh, we are hoping to rein that in and not take that any further. Possibly this will be the last month of cuts for them, the first and only last month. But we've held them together. I think that is very important. So anxiety will always be there, insecurity will always be there. But what has amazed me is the is the amazing energy with which the Indranagar store staff came to work. They were so excited, fearless. So we named them the Forever New Bravehearts. You know, they came back. They all thrilled with customers, the energy rubbed off on the customers, and we're hoping to carry the same energy through all our store opening with all the staff so that, you know, we build an optimism and hope everywhere rather than being dragged down by the situation. That's really critical. Just we, had a few, we also created an emergency fund for employees uh, in the front end whose families may face a COVID crisis. Uh, so we put some money there. In fact, we were able to use it for one of our staff members whose mother came down with COVID and we helped her to sort of uh, funded her and all that, little bit, whatever we could. But it, all these steps and measures helped to create a bubble of safety around staff, you know. So we have not, I think, faced such a big challenge because we've been constantly working very hard over the last two, three months to diffuse that anxiety as much as we could. It, it uh, sounds more like a party than a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been having fun. I think last two weeks I've been less, you know, but uh, yes, uh, the first 45 days were like amazing. Uh, so, yes. How was your company uh, doing and what was the mindset in your company, Sumit, uh, if you'd like to add something there? Uh, so, Iti, as I said, uh, our focus kind of shifted on safety first uh, for our employees. And uh, our aim going in was how do we protect our employees uh, as well as we can. And we took a lot of measures and, and I'm sure a lot of organizations took that. 
And as Dhruv mentioned, of course, there was anxiety and fear and uncertainty when we went in. Uh, a lot of people had, like nobody had answers to what's next. Uh, how would it impact sales? By when would stores be open? Uh, by when would this pandemic go? Uh, everybody suddenly became an expert on Spanish flu, knowing month by month <laughs> statistics of what happened a century ago and what to expect. Uh, so, uh, so I, I think it it was something which 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 none of us knew what to expect, except that things are not going to be the same. And uh, as I said earlier, uh, our whole focus shifted on how fast can we realign our goals and how well can we communicate them because. Uh, taking people from that state of uncertainty to state of productivity where you feel that things are under your control if you do certain things is a great, uh, I would say, movement of from a negative to a positive territory. From feeling that things are not under your control to feeling that I can influence the outcome if I do certain things well is a big shift uh, in, in mindset and, and that was the whole goal. And of course, because we were not in office and we still aren't, all of us, uh, not in office, it was important to bind together as a team. Uh, so the activities which we used to have in office uh, once a month, just to uh, like some of the fun activities, we moved them virtually. Uh, and I was kind of uh, surprised by how well people reacted to it. Drew gave examples of, of some and we had uh, some for our organization. Uh, and, and what, what, I saw through this was people were more than willing to support each other uh, through this crisis. So uh, because a lot of us could not uh, do our uh, work how we do in the office and some, some functions struggle more than others in, in remote working. For example, field ops can do uh, uh, much less than what a finance professional can do over the calls. Uh, I also saw a lot of team members supporting each other with uh, with what they could do. Uh, and, and that feels fantastic. Yeah, wonderful. I would be shifting the focus from our employees now to the customers. And I would like to understand from you that what is the trend next that a customer can see at a casual footwear store or what is coming up? What, what is next for the customer when they come in in, uh, in the Croc store? Okay, so uh, as I said, uh, safety and security is something which consumers would be most concerned about currently. And uh, everyone is taking ample steps to create a safe environment, including us. Uh, and uh, we feel that our shoes are very relevant and apt for the current pandemic, given how easy they are to clean uh, and disinfect. <laughs> Uh, at times where you really want to ensure that uh, clothes and footwear that you wear uh, gets disinfected easily. Uh, we, we, we kind of have advantage because our shoes are easy to clean, uh, also easy to put on and put off. Uh, and uh, coming to what trends to expect, I think uh, a lot of brands would shift focus on community and humanity. You would also see themes emerging out of it. Uh, you would have seen a lot of brands came forward during this pandemic, uh, extending their support for a variety of, uh, of people who are fighting this, this uh, uh, virus. And we at Crocs donated uh, a lot of pairs to healthcare workers, frontline healthcare workers who are doing fabulous job across the world, 
helping uh, the communities. And, and a lot of brands are doing that. Uh, I also feel in times of crisis, people become smarter with their money. Uh, and, and they really want to continue the consumption, but at the same time, not splurge because disposable income usually takes a hit. And hence, uh, promotions and smart pricing would become extremely relevant. Uh, also, you would have heard of lipstick effect. Uh, during the World War, Winston Churchill famously said, increase the production of lipsticks because he felt that lipsticks would ensure that morale of people stay high. This is a small gift which makes you feel good about yourself. And I believe every brand would have to find that lipstick for themselves. What is that one thing which will bring delight to consumers and will give them that feeling of uh, rejuvenation without spending too much money? Uh, these are some of the things which, which I believe our industry would have to answer. Okay, great. Uh, Sumit, that was quite an insight. Dhruv, uh, it would be very interesting to know from you, especially for me, that what is yeah. now happening with the workwear and the formal wear? Are the just the tops really selling very well and there's no sale in the bottoms? Or uh, how how's the trend changing now? Well, uh, obviously, it, the first wave of consumers that came in, and I have just two stores as reference points and an online experience. So what you've seen is that there is a there is a significant shift towards casual wear, work wear, uh, tops and bottoms, uh, pants. Uh, there has there was initially a bit of a drop compared to last year for dresses, for example. Especially as you know, we are very well known for our formal dresses, for our party wear dresses, uh, and uh, we did see uh, I would say subdued demand for that. But over the last 10-12 days, we are seeing uh, a very healthy lift. For, for dresses in Bangalore as the restrictions started getting eased and I think people were attending parties in other people's homes. Uh, there was a, a steady increase in dresses and the contribution has again got back uh, to the early 30 percentages uh, as a category. So uh, that's been a very good shift for us and a heartening shift for us because we believe, I mean, that's our anchor, uh, anchor category actually. So that's one part of it. The other part of it obviously is about uh, how are we being able to upsell, cross-sell in the stores uh, and again using online as a medium to get consumers engaged with them, uh, whether it is through promotions, smart pricing like Sumit mentioned, uh, a lot of interesting offers are going on. We also started an EMI uh, online for customers, you know, understanding that there may be certain, uh, I would say, uh, challenges. So we've started a three to six month long EMI, which is not possible for them to shop on. So these are the you know new things you've done in the lockdown in the last 30, 45 days. Uh, another thing that we've done for customers is a lot of engagement online on Instagram, social media. We've had people singing, we've had uh, yoga classes. We're also now rolling out a complete programming on social media for the next two, three months. Maybe we'll hold workshops, tell consumer stories to continue to engage with customers. But as a product line story, definitely there is a very distinct shift towards casuals and tops and workwear. And we are definitely sort of managing our supply lines and our production accordingly for the coming months. Of course, we will have a full complement of fashion dresses, party dresses, when the season actually takes off uh, for them uh, mid-September onwards. But till then, we will be focusing on the other categories. Sure. Sure. So something uh, definitely forward for 
customers to look at. Uh, is there some trend change in the technology of the retail also? Because experiential retail is something that people are talking about in future. So do you see from Industry 4.0 uh, some of the other that will come in the detail and what would be that prominent uh, technology that you would love to adopt? Uh, yeah, it is. So, uh, I feel uh, payments would, should see a dramatic change uh, and, and so is in-store assisted shopping. Uh, so, payments we are already seeing uh, Contactless payments are a necessity today, and that will evolve. Uh, there is a huge change going on in payment space as a whole. Uh, retail was probably slow to uh, adopt. That should exp that should kind of uh, speed up now. I also feel that assisted shopping would would change. A lot of people would probably want to have mobile assisted shopping in addition to fashion consultants. Uh, given that social distancing, if it stays for long long enough, uh, people might just want to have more information from their mobile devices and so is omnichannel. Uh, Industry 4.0 also talks about AI as a big part and virtual reality as a big part in a lot of industries. Uh, my personal opinion in, in retail, I don't see huge adoption to, to begin with uh, because one of the main reasons to come to stores is to see how the dress looks on you or how footwear fits you. Uh, and having VR there kind of beats the purpose now that you are in store, would you really want to see it in virtual reality or try it yourself? Maybe for some time uh, till social distancing norms and, and, and are, are there and infection continue to stay high. But I don't see that making big inroads, at least in the offline space. Online space, of course, we are seeing that already with a lot of organizations and a lot of brands adopting them. Uh, but for me, if I have to put my bet on, on a few things, I would feel payments and uh, assisted shopping are the two big ones. Yeah, sure, sure. And uh, how about uh, you, Dhruv? Would you like to add on that? What are the key strategies that a retailer should be thinking about uh, to um, make sure that they are out of this impact uh, and COVID impact? What, what would be your advice? I think there are a lot of strategies that have to be now rethought of, recast, and redesigned. One of them, of course, is around cash itself. Cash is going to be premium, and uh, all organizations now need to start thinking frugally, uh, preserving cash, being very careful about where they invest and what they invest. Look at ROI very, very closely. So that's one of the first things that you know the strategy building blocks needs to be that. The second, obviously, is. Uh, the customer itself, how's our customer journey going to be? How do we create those special moments in our life, create that safety bubble around her? And also at the same time, because our category is very romantic, it's very, it's very, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's it's floral, it's it's all those nice things that a woman looks forward to, you know. And uh, we need to maintain that environment. We need to maintain that brand language even in these tough times. So how do we ensure that? How do we retain the femininity of the brand? at a time when processes have to come into place, when garments have to be steamed before a trial and after a trial, how do we make a feel special? So that's one part of the consumer experience strategy, which uh, you know is, is there, which is very, very vocal, very communicative, and very energy driven with the staff and the customer. The other are the processes, you know, how do I bring in contactless commerce? How do I ensure that uh, a customer can scan a QR code on a garment and actually shop in store and not touch the garment at all? 
or how do you bring in you know drive through kind of shopping where she can just park a car outside a store and order a product and the guy just comes out and gives it back to her depending each customer will have different levels of threat perception so how do we cater to all those perception different consumers with different threat perceptions so that is also uh, important uh, i think the third piece is obviously from the it and tech part how do we become more omni how do we start fulfilling more digital and of course online e-commerce is going to grow by 50 60 70% maybe even 120% 150% depending on the category so how do we align as an organization to that reality how do we extend omni capability through each and every channel and through every every sort of uh, means of communication with the consumer or shopping model for example whatsapp shopping is becoming a big buzzword today you know whatsapp chatbots are becoming a big buzzword today so how do you align yourself to these new emerging technologies which are already latent they were sitting there but they had not been adopted due to a variety of reasons so what the covid pandemic has done is unleashed a certain digital uh, innovation that demonetization did for digital wallets okay so it forced the change and this is going to force a certain change and force organizations to recraft their strategy how do you shoot for example how do you shoot models who are scared to come out and actually uh, not be infected you know maybe a, a brand ambassador doesn't feel safe so can you do some sort of different tech around that you know so there's a lot of work going on there as well that how do you drape a garment on a body of a model without actually being draped or not so there is a company in chennai which is working on that and it's with fabulous results you don't need a model anymore you have a digital technology which can drape a garment on a on a female form without her being actually shot in that product so there are a lot of things which are going on which are exploding right now and we have to recast our strategies accordingly i think the last piece is the people strategy how do you go move ahead with the biggest challenges that organizations are going to face if they have to unleash innovation creativity productivity efficiency with a force half of it sitting at home or maybe more how do you reskill people how do you recraft their knowledge how do you make them more productive at home how do you manage them better how do you manage their mental health because it's all these factors are coming up and we are having to deal with all of these issues at the same time you know and all of this has to be thought through anticipated and tools put into place to make it happen for them so it's not just one thing there are many things how do you change your hr policies for example we are a very women centric organization it is 60% of the women in our organization uh are there and they they come from long distances to work many of them are young mothers whose children are below 10 or 5 so what are the policies you put into place for them what do you do with store managers who are women mothers i mean who are mothers of young children so you have to have equal policy for both head office and stores right you can't differentiate between the two you can't say it's safe for a young mother in the store to come to work and not for a young mother in the head office so how do you create systems and processes and uh you know do you give a public do you give a car to come or do you say okay you just come twice a week to the store you can't just lay off a person right because they are a young mother so these are realities that you have to deal with so hr policies need to be recrafted insurance policies of staff need to be redeveloped so lot of work is currently going on on all these factors and the last thing is all this infrastructure what do you do with an office space that are designed to seat 100 people when only 50 people can sit in it and still you're paying rent you know so do you move to a co-working space does that make sense in the in the medium term maybe one or two years for a small organization it might make sense 
for a larger organization maybe moving to or a smaller office space makes sense it depends it would vary from organization to organization so how do you become more frugal how do you save cash how do you become more nimble how do you become more agile digital savvy and how do you reskill all your workers is are going to be very very important things to be kept in mind going forward Amazing to know. I think I have thought quite a bit uh, from you today. You would definitely my comfort. So, uh, before uh, we move on to the questions from the audience, there are a number of questions that are coming from the audience for each one of you. I would like to ask one last thing that uh, probably both of you answered that how lockdown you as a person. We'll go with Sumit first, and then we move to you. <laughs> Okay, uh, I I I said that I'm optimist. I think what this lockdown has done is it has also made me a more grateful person. Uh, I, I have a lot more gratitude uh, coming out of it now than I had going in. I no longer take small things for granted. Uh, things as small as taking my kids for a walk after dinner, I don't take that for granted anymore. <laughs> nor do I. Nor do I. Uh, take uh, all my meals being on my table when I come uh, for granted. So uh, I, I think uh, I feel that I'm, I'm a lot more grateful for things which are in our life, including our health, uh, uh, the the ecosystem which supports us. And uh, another thing which I feel really good about is, uh, and I talked about it a little before, is is the ability to learn. Uh, People or species which survive the longest are not the strongest, but they have the most ability to change. These are words by Charles Darwin, survival of the fittest. So dinosaurs couldn't survive, humans did, because they adapted to, to the world which was changing around them. And uh, I think this, this pandemic has really put a spotlight on it. And everybody, including me, the way we have adopted to new ways of working, of making things happen, of ensuring that things don't stop, is amazing. The, the ability to innovate, coming out of remotest corners in your organization is just so good to have. And, and I believe uh, these are two of the biggest things that I could uh, see in this pandemic. How about you, Dhruva? What really changed you in, uh, during the lockdown? Well, you know, uh, it, my past experiences on the bicycle in the remotest part of the world left me alone many times. Okay, so on weeks on end, sometimes I'll be very alone, sleeping by the roadside. It kind of reminded me of those days <laughs> where, you know, you're cut off from the rest of the world and you're on your own, you're going solo half the time. Uh, and also you're communicating with a wide audience, you know, uh, telling them about your journey. Uh, but adding on to that experience and refreshing on that experience, but three four things that came out. One was, my learning was that uh, humanity can also be very inhuman and uh, does not take things in its grasp. You know, let's take the migrants crisis, for example. So we all talked a lot about it, but none of us did anything about it. Um, and many other things that came up, which were very shocking, which is stunning. So one of the things that I sort of forced myself to do was to take action uh, in my own small ways. And uh, for example, I think you started the Red Dot Initiative, which was absolutely fabulous. And I was inspired by that. I said, this is a really fantastic thing that she's doing. So yes, in my own small way, I did that. 
There was somebody I know who is a global speaker. She wrote a book on ultra creativity in one week. And this was right at the beginning of the pandemic and became a bestseller on Amazon US. So I thought about this and I was inspired by her. I said, I've been wanting to write my second book for a year now. This is the time to start. So I actually started about two weeks later and I finished it. So what it taught me is that when you decide to do something, you can do it. The third thing it taught me is the power of people, their resilience, their grit, what they can achieve when they set their minds to do something. And I'm astonished how our airports, how our digital community, how people have started businesses overnight in making embroidered masks and design of masks is astonishing. The speed at which they've done it, the speed at which we have turned around as a country in many areas is absolutely fascinating. And I, you know, the way a thousand bed hospital is being made in Mumbai. So I think it's really amazing what a crisis can bring out in people. And therefore the lesson there is, why do you need a crisis to do this? You can do this without having to be in a crisis. It is there in you. So I also developed a module called Do Your Grit, which is like a motivational talk for people based on this principle that it's all about mental strength. So for me, the pandemic was not so much about learning, but reinforcement of those learnings, you know, and then being able to share it with others. Absolutely. So it was, it was more of that. And of course, for me, as a personal challenge was to finish writing that book, produce it, and launch it, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was fabulous. It's been a fabulous journey at a personal level. And, and we did uh, hear about your motivational talk around power of grit as well that uh, you give out to everyone. That's quite amazing and uh, uh, would be looking forward to hear you on that. Yeah, it's available. It's available pro bono to anyone, anyone who cares to listen. <laughs> so I'm always willing to give Gyan. <laughs> yeah, it is Mr. Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Mr. Drew, we do have some questions now from the audience and the first one itself is directed directly at you. Stating that, uh, sir, what are the steps that you have taken at the Delhi store? Is it open? Everything is correct or not? They are very careful about it and they want to know more about it. <laughs> we have sanitized our Delhi stores. Uh, they're all merchandised and sanitized, ready to open when we hear from the malls. Uh, and of course, we will we will go in when we are ready to go in. But the stores are ready. Uh, all the equipment is in place for the staff. Where there's the gloves, masks, goggles face shields, biohazard bins, uh, everything is in place. Um, we are even looking at plexi shield. Uh, so those have been ordered for the cash tills so that our staff and our customers feel totally safe. And uh, a lot of processes have been put into place. We have our SOP manuals in place. Training has happened on the new COVID processes. So we are, we are absolutely ready to receive customers and to ensure the safety of customers. That's, that's amazing. And uh, um, Mr. Sumit, uh, if you would like to add uh, to the next question, uh, some anonymous attendee is asking, do you think people would be spending money in the luxury product purchases? Uh, so I, I touched upon it a little bit when we were talking. Uh, I think demand would be soft. Disposable incomes, as we know, are taking a hit and people would want to be smarter with their money. Uh, so consumption would be soft in the in the midterm to uh, short term, uh, and it would bounce bounce back uh, with time like it does after every uh, crisis. But I do expect consumption to slow down, and 
essentially it would be a surprise if if world does not fall into recession a recession technically is two quarters of uh, degrowth and this degrowth is in consumption of goods and services uh, india most probably would see first contraction in maybe two decades or more and uh, and world over we are seeing uh, contractions happening in the current quarter and and if we don't see a very rapid recovery maybe the next quarter also would would see a contraction which technically uh, will be in recession so yes consumption should be slow uh, but that happens that's part of economic cycle nothing to uh, it's nothing unusual it happens and uh, there are ways to um, to counter it and come out of it and i think a lot of organizations are doing that i think the next question is directed at you only uh, mr sumit and i would continue asking it so uh, one person is asking that do you think the retail shopping will ever change and it will ever go back to the same what we had seen earlier uh, so i think we all agree that world has changed over the last 10 weeks uh we do not know how we could be at the other end of the pandemic but one thing we know for sure that it would be a changed world uh so yes retail has changed and it will change in in many ways uh, the second part of question would be ever go back to to the old retail uh, i have a counter question do we really want things to stay the same i think uh, change is a sign of progress uh, a stability or or no change is is leads to stillness so i don't think we should uh, be worried about change as long as the change is progressive leads us to do things in a better way uh, a change is always welcome so don't don't aim for things being same uh, aim for things being better is how i would put it yeah we'll say yeah yeah one question i think any of the panelists can take this up because this is not really related to retail but uh, Mr. Aryan is asking that how can you ensure the flow of money to stabilize the economy of India since some other person will get affected due to this pandemic? I'm not an economist, so it may be useful. I mean, can if you talk about answer? retail, I can still answer that question. You know, give us liquidity, give um, wages to staff. You know, like other governments have been doing, put the stimulus package in. Which has not been happening. Wave off the loans of the malls, so they can pass on the rent waivers to us. But you know, other than that, avoid uh, working capital from private banks, which they are not giving. <laughs> so, Sumit will want to add to that as well. My initial reaction is to pass this, but uh, <laughs> let me let, let me let me give my uh, two cents here. I believe that this is for the first time uh, the whole world is acting. together and facing the same problem so my view is we will this this crash would not be as severe as it could have been uh, because uh, the bright signs are a lot of economies especially the big ones have already taken corrective actions including india uh, and we see eu and us taking their own actions what those specific measures would be i would leave it to policy makers and economists i'm not the right person uh, but there is activity inactivity is what worries uh, which should worry us and i think people are hyperactive right now on figuring out how to navigate this and i have full trust that they'll come out of it uh, they'll do do their best so it is on a serious note i mean there are two things that i want to add here and they are primarily from a retail perspective because 
the economy of india is a much larger subject uh, for this economist concern but definitely from a retail perspective the need of the hour is for survival of the retail industry especially lifestyle and fashion is the government helping with the payment of wages uh, for staff i think that the orders have been very strict uh, to find but then you also need to compensate it with release of working capital and liquidity to allow uh, you know <clears throat> companies to survive uh, it's happening in every economy in the world whether it's australia whether it's germany whether it's us the government has been putting hands money to the hands of retail staff every week every week okay my daughter's in la and she gets a paycheck every week so i i think that's very very important and we have the same thing on australia as well the second thing is we have to push the rbi to ensure the smaller companies or even larger companies get the booking capital to be able to pay vendors suppliers you know wage uh, workers housekeeping staff warehouse workers is very critical because we are going to be facing a huge socio economic crisis very soon it's already started we already had i think 120 million reported unemployed people and if this thing goes on and the, the brands don't pick up retail stores don't pick up restaurants have to shut down then you're looking at another adding 30 40 million people in the month of may which is going to have very serious and disastrous consequences for the economy so it's very very critical that when there is a huge power block which has to be protected there's also a, a the urban block which needs to be protected as well this is very very and we're sitting on the single largest ever so i think it was 440 billion dollars of uh, forex yesterday the highest ever build up ever had so uh, i'm not an economist and there's not person view but let's use it for the good rather good of the of the country because if you don't release liquidity into the market there is going to be no stimulus for consumption if there is no consumption there will be no manufacturing it will be laid off and it will become a vicious cycle so it's very critical that the government steps in with a far larger no practical stimulus package absolutely agree absolutely and i hope that uh, this reaches uh, out to some of the government folks also to speak in through Uh, our audience over here, and uh, wish they could hear it out and help uh, one of the largest contributors of retail and uh, help us out of that. There's a, one more question that I would uh, uh, like any of you to uh, take this up. Uh, this is more related to retail, but uh, a little differently. Victor, Victor Francis is asking that uh, I would like to know that how does apparel industry look to be made in China? Aspect. So uh, many brands are already getting their apparel manufactured in China. So uh, would you be looking at? I'll, I'll like to pick that up first because we opened a few stores. A very large segment of our merchandise, though spread around the world, but large merchandise comes from China as well. I've not had a single consumer, and I've had two thousand consumers in the Indianaga store in the last thirty days. Not a single consumer has said, "Where is this made?" I think all consumers understand and realize the reality of life is that everything that we consume, whether it's Paytm, whether it's Zomato, or whether it is a product which is manufactured somewhere, is an output from China in some form or the other, whether through an investment or through manufacturing. But from an organizational point of view, it makes a lot of sense for an organization to spread its manufacturing and supply chain 
infrastructure around the world, which is what even we will be doing and we are doing already. But I don't think the while there is a very strong uh, section of consumers who are made in China uh, kind of thing is going on. There's a call to boycott made in China products. There's also an equally strong segment of consumers who say it is unrealistic, it's not idealistic, and even the government I think has backed down from that now, and they are toning it down because it is it just doesn't make economic sense. It just doesn't, and we will end up creating far more hardship for Indian companies if we go on this path for too long. No, it's, it's, it's my personal view that we should not, we should be practical. Then we should not be hypocritical also. Don't use Zomato, don't use Paytm, don't use any of the daily products that are in our daily lives. There is a lot of investments in many industries in this country, including our defense technology, which is through China. So, so we have to believe that uh, the Indian companies also, which where China has invested, that is the companies at the end of the day, their jobs if uh, we don't stop buying uh, their and uh, stop. So it's an economy that needs to survive uh, with the support of each other. Exactly. First people come first, you know, then we can talk about being self-reliant. I think right now we need to save the country first. And whatever it takes, we should do that. Absolutely. Let's not complicate the situation further. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. Uh, so, Sumit, uh, 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 time is almost uh, going off now, and uh, we would really like to understand from you, and the audience would like to know what are the last thoughts that you'd like to leave them with those uh, for the date. Okay, so uh, my my. Uh, I, I would want to start with uh, telling everyone to have this belief that this too shall end. Uh, we are right now in the middle of a crisis and it's very difficult to be positive, optimistic, having a frame of mind which is progressive. Uh, but if you read history, you would see that uh, we, have, we have seen and overcome much worse and much bigger crisis than this and this too shall pass. Uh, what is important is, and Dhruv touched upon it a little bit, how are you moving forward in this crisis makes a, a lot of impact on where you would be once this ends. So shift your focus from where you are to where you want to be once this crisis ends and are you preparing for it enough? Is, is, is what I'm doing and what I would urge everybody to, to kind of look at. Absolutely, yeah, well said. Uh, and and through what would you like to add to that? I would mirror exactly what Sumit has just mentioned, without diluting anything that he said. It's it's uh, fantastic. It's a very good message for positivity and hope. And I think we need to be what I say gritty. It's like uh, you know, if those of you follow World War Two, and you read stories about how England as a country turned the tide on the war by being a gritty country. A gritty nation, we can learn a lot from history. Uh, and, and history has served us enough lessons, uh, you know, about how countries and people and communities have bounced back from the face of all sorts of famines and disasters. So we can do it again. I think we just have to be hopeful, positive, and have cultivate mental strength. Mental strength is not, you're not born with it, you cultivate it. So it's very important that you cultivate mental strength, meditate. Uh, be hopeful, be positive, and I'm sure we will all attract good things. 
be kind, be compassionate. I think that's the message that I was sent to all CEOs in the world. And uh, really look after your people. I think when you look after people, humanity has a chance. To that's amazing to hear. Uh, so guys, uh, this is the end of the discussion with uh, Mr. Dhruv and Mr. Sumitra. And I'm sure that all of you had taken a lot back today about retail, how you will be perceiving retail, what is happening in future and how it is going to be. At the last, I would like to just remind you what Mr. Dhruv said that this is the law of Darwin, but retail has actually changed it from survival of the fittest to survival of the most adaptable. Stay human, stay uh, living, look positive and look at the brighter future that we have got and retail would definitely bounce back and that is the quote that I will leave with all of you guys. Uh, you are, have been a wonderful audience. Thank you so much for people who have been live with us on Facebook and thank you speaking foremost uh, for organizing such wonderful webinars and uh, being there all the time for all the industries, all the leaders. It's uh, wonderful having both of you on board.